You're listening to The Onset, a refreshing, inspiring, and relatable outdoor stories and conversations with your host, Elizabeth Brownell. The Onset Podcast, part of the OKS Podcast Network. Think I can fly, think I can fly, my arms are wide, catching fire as the wind blows. What's up guys and welcome to episode 9 of the Onset Podcast presented to you by the OKest Podcast Network. Since the last episode was dropped, Virginia had our opening weekend of muzzleloader. And that Sunday, I was actually able to harvest a doe. And the hunt was kind of one I'll never forget. First of all, I bought this muzzleloader in 2021. And this was the first animal I've actually harvested with it. Partially, that was because... I think I bought the muzzleloader because my first season of hunting, I, you know, I primarily hunted during muzzleloader. However, when I bought the muzzleloader and then I kind of got into archery and I started hunting with my crossbow and then I started hunting with my compound bow. So like last year, I only took my muzzleloader out twice and I hunted total like 37 days. So I think I just really wasn't prioritizing it. Again, like it was my first season with my compound bow. I really was trying to make that first harvest with my bow. And so I didn't take my muzzleloader out. But as y'all know, it doesn't always work out like that. And I had an empty freezer. So this season, opening weekend of muzzleloader, what I didn't do last year, but I definitely did this season, I took my muzzleloader out. And I also took my best friend out, Katie. Big shout out to Katie. She has kind of been interested in hunting and, you know, I've taken her out a couple times and I, you know, I let her use a crossbow and I was going to let her harvest the deer, but this was our first sit together during muzzleloader and this was the first time she actually got to be around a muzzleloader. So I kind of just told her like, hey, are you okay to just watch tonight um, and this evening and, you know, if, if a deer comes out, I'll shoot it. Um, And you can see what it sounds like, what it looks like, what the process looks like, and just get more comfortable with it. And so it's kind of what we did. And (laughs) I think what's kind of even funnier is the last, like, maybe 30 minutes of shooting light, this fox comes out, maybe at, like, 200 yards. And I see it, and the first thing I see is orange. And for any of, like, cat owners out there, I have an orange cat. And although this property is, like, maybe... A little over, maybe probably like seven miles away from my house. For some reason, like the first thought that came to my mind, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, my orange cat like found me somehow. Like they're just ornery cats and Dr. Dre is just a weird fucking cat. So when I saw the orange, I didn't even think fox. And then as he started to get closer, obviously I was like, no, that's, that's definitely a fox. I personally, I understand predator hunting is important. However, I think... I think it's okay as a hunter to just have a personal preference. And so I personally don't want to kill anything that I'm not going to eat. And a fox and a coyote would kind of fall in line with that. So I told Katie, like, hey, I'm not going to shoot this fox. Like, we can watch it. And so from 200 yards, I'm not kidding, it came like 10 yards away from our blind and then immediately in front of our blind and hung out at around 30 yards. We watched it for a bit, 
And Katie kind of made the comment that she was interested in shooting it. And so I kind of forgot she is a weirdo, kind of like left-handed, left-eye dominant. So I had a hard time and she had a hard time adjusting in the blind the height she needed to actually look through the scope and have the gun resting on the blind and kind of just had a hard time adjusting. So this fox actually ended up going probably another 100 yards out. And so at this point, she's watching it through the scope. It's getting darker and darker. And eventually the fox is like out of view. Well, I look to our right and about 50 to 60 yards out, I see three deer, three does walking out into the field. And I immediately look at the time and we have like a couple minutes left of shooting light. And so I'm like, holy shit, (laughs) we've been watching this fox the whole time. Like, I honestly wasn't expecting like to see any deer. And I know some people like they won't shoot does during the rut. Um, And I get it. I do. However, yeah, I'm saying I get it. But when I saw that there were three and that they were really just moseying along, I really thought the chances of there being a buck behind them to be very slim. And I also just made the call. It's like I was in the last like legal minutes of shooting light. And normally that's not a time I'm going to shoot a deer anyway. Like even in my scope, like it looked very dark. That's something that's out of my comfort zone. But I think between maybe the pressure of having my friend with me and then also, you know, wanting to harvest a deer and my freezer having been empty since before last year, I was more than more than willing to, um, yeah, more than willing to make that shot, especially at that distance. So I did. And, uh, you know, I told Katie after the shot, I was like, normally we would wait just a little bit before we start tracking. I was like, but it's already getting dark. It's a Sunday night. I was like, let's just get out of the blind, get our stuff and just make sure that I at least hit her and that there's blood because with the smoke from a muzzleloader, if you don't know, like it is hard to see after that initial shot. And so I wasn't really sure if I had, if I had actually hit her. So we walk out there and as I'm turning around to like look back at the blind and I'm thinking like, this is about 50 yards. Katie goes like, is she dead? And I'm like, well, Katie, like, I don't know. Like, you just look for blood. And if you see any blood, let me know. Like, try not to step in it. Like, we don't want to, like, we want to see, like, where which direction she went, right? And she's like, no, no, no. Like, she's right here. Like, is she dead? And I personally, like, rookie hunter here, I've never dropped a deer, like, in its tracks. I've never dropped any animal just, like, in its tracks. Like, they usually just run off, Right. And so, lo and behold, like, this doe dropped, and I saw where I shot her, and I immediately recognized it wasn't a good shot. I'm always going to be pretty honest with y'all. I didn't spine her. I didn't hit anywhere near the heart. Um, I didn't hit her stomach, none of her intestines. Uh, I didn't hit her liver. What I'm thinking is maybe, you know, I... I hit her far back enough that I was probably like towards the end of her ribs. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe something like shattered and, and hit her lungs. But even then, like, I've just, you know, I was really surprised that she just dropped right where she was. 
And for a Sunday night, I mean, in an afternoon hunt, like to not have to track that deer, I was just, I was confused the rest of the week thinking about it, but I was more than just grateful for the opportunity and, and a beautiful harvest on a good sized doe. And to be able to do it with one of my best friends and show her what it's like to actually gut an animal and she wasn't turned off by the blood at all. And she was really interested in the whole process start to finish. So that was just a really cool experience to share with her. But let's get into this doozy of an episode. I haven't had an episode like this, I mean, really ever. I had someone on that I knew probably wouldn't like me. Uh, I tend not to shy away from people who don't have the same opinions as me. Because I think as adults, like, it's better to expose yourself to people who have differing opinions because like I feel like there's always an opportunity to learn from that Um, I think everyone shares a different perspective and opinions and like if your bubble is just a people who think and believe the same things as you I just don't think that's good for like your personal growth so I had this guest on in hopes I'm not sure what my hopes were and I almost didn't release this episode because I wasn't sure if I was like able to articulate and represent myself well But I think at the end of the day, um, I just, I don't want to shy away from anything, right? So I try to be pretty conscious of what I post online with having a platform and knowing I'm representing not only just hunters in general, but female hunters. And uh, also just, I think, again, I think the animal deserves respect, right? I think, but but I guess where I'm going with this is that I still think you can post those those posts with your harvest and respect the animal. I don't think it just means, I don't think everything's such like so black and white. So without further ado, um, this is Should We Hunt Quietly with Dr. Matt Rainella. All right. On today's episode of the Onset Podcast, we have somewhat of a I would say kind of controversial guest, um, Dr. Matt Rinella. You're a research ecologist and lifelong hunter. You started the movement Hunt Quietly, which focuses on reversing the t- trend of the degradation of hunting caused by a hyper-commercialized pay-to-play model fueled by hunting TV and hunting social media. You essentially you want to depublicize, deglorify, and demonetize hunting culture. And I only say controversial because I think you do have some opinions that um, I think some people would say, you know, they either disagree with or they think they're controversial in itself. Um, But I think it kind of does everyone a disservice when you only surround yourself with people who have like the same opinions as you. Um, I think it's you're not like growing in your self-growth. And I think it doesn't help with like your awareness of the world and like the people um, who are populating this earth, I think. I know I'm going to learn something from this episode. I hope you maybe learn maybe something from this episode. But I also think um, I think we can both give the listeners like a lot to think about, especially when it comes to what they're posting online and the weight that holds when you have a following. So welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Yeah. Glad to be here. Was that an appropriate introduction? Do you have anything to? Oh, yeah, uh, I think it's very I think it's very appropriate. Like I'm controversial with five percent of Americans. 
Yeah. And only okay. Which that's I'm, actually crazy to think about. Well, okay, so that that's not even really true. It's like there's five percent of Americans that hunt, and some fraction of them uh find me controversial. Yeah. I'd say it in society at large that I represent the mainstream view. Yeah. I think that uh what i'm uh, it, to a large extent what i'm railing against is like if you look at survey data on americans attitudes towards hunting you'd find a lot of alignment between my stances and america uh, and my fellow americans we lost with in the hunting sphere because i think i was so so the only reason I like heard about hunt quietly is because I had somebody, I think I had posted a turkey or maybe I was like, it was one of my hunting videos, like with a deer or something, but somebody commented on my, um, on my post and it, it wasn't that nice. But then his second comment was, um, like, you need to go look up, um, hunt, hunt quietly and go listen to that podcast. And so I did, like, I literally was like, okay. I was like, I try to always take, um, you know, constructive criticism. So I was like, what is this? And so when I started looking at your website and your podcast and I listened to a couple episodes, it resonated. It was very interesting because that wasn't, you know, an opinion I had heard yet. Um, maybe like the, you know, posting dead animals and, and social media, but the, your stances on R3, like I had not really, heard anyone speak in that manner about it. And I was interested in it because I did not grow up hunting. Like I didn't start hunting till I was 24 and I'm 27 now. So for me, and I actually used to pursue like a vegan diet. Um, so hunting was like a total 180. And so I used to think, right, like my opinions of all this were totally opposite of like how I feel now. I used to think hunting was like this evil, terrible thing. And so I'd see people posting like their, you know, pictures of them. I think you call it like grip and grin when you're like smiling with a dead animal. Um, and I just remember thinking like the worst things about these people. And then, um, you know, a couple of years later, I'm just in a different, totally different role. And, you know, it's like, I was so proud to harvest that first animal. So like, I, then here I am like grip and grinning with a deer that I was able to harvest. And so, um, it, it was it like listening to your stuff, like, and then I honestly, I've, I've listened to other people talk about your opinions and like hunt quietly. Um, and, and that's, you know, I just kind of went into like a rabbit hole of like, I need to talk to this guy. Like, I think I need to have him on and like really get to the bottom of it. Um, because some things I do, I agree wholeheartedly with you, but I imagine if you went to my profile, you'd be like, oh, like she's a hunting influencer. And it's like, that was never my intention. And it's not something I call myself, but like, here we are. Yeah. Um. Do you think that there are, what differentiates you from, from people that uh, call themselves hunting influencers? Um, I, I would like to think that like, I don't want to sell my soul, right? Like to me, it's not worth it. This isn't my full-time gig. Um, I don't really make money from like my account. Um, I do get sometimes like free stuff from companies to like try, 
and talk about. Um, but I feel like where where maybe my account was smaller, I was like saying yes to stuff because I, I thought if I was working with a a smaller company, like then maybe bigger companies would, you know, send me stuff. And um, hunting when you start out of nowhere is like a very expensive endeavor. So like my first season, I was using like my hiking clothes and like my snowboarding clothes and like stuff like that. So I think, you know, the intention when I first started out is very different from how I approach it now. And it's like I say no to a lot of companies unless it's a company like where I'm already buying their stuff. Because like if I'm already giving them their their money, like it's like products I use and I'm posting about it and telling people like, hey, like this is why I went with this company. This is why I like this product. Like this is what has worked for me personally. And then that company's like, hey, let, let us send you something else. Like I'm not going to say no to that. Like I definitely am not going to say no to something that I would already spend money on. But I am try I try to be selective. And I I think if you go to my account like i don't really post a lot like i my friends joke with me that i am like the world's like worst influencer because like i don't try to make my account bigger like i just try to like let people know like hey like these are the struggles i'm having this is what it's like hunting when as an adult when you don't grow up with a family who does it these are the struggles i found hunting on public land like these are the struggles i found like hunting with a bow for the first season like I just try to be pretty honest and it doesn't always like it's not always great i will say like social media can be a really negative place so i feel like when i post those videos of me crying you know over a dead animal and like people are just sh absolutely shitting on me like i would rather me be honest and genuine and tell them like why i'm crying and like how i think it's emotional to take an animal and like people be mean about it than like me be fake and like try to just build up an account where it's like not really me like i don't want to sell my soul to like do any of this shit like i could delete my account tomorrow and be totally fine like i have yeah. a day job yeah um what's your day job um so you you mentioned that you work for the federal government i'm a contractor for the dod oh the department of defense yes sir Okay, so you're a federal employee. Oh, you're your contractor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, it's like, I guess it's like, I don't know when, when, when somebody goes from being just a hunter with an Instagram account to being an influencer, but I guess it doesn't. I guess, and that's kind of, yeah, I did, if we want to dive into it. I did kind of want to start at social media because I feel like that's just an easy place to start. Um, so, and just going off of your, I think I, I read some of your articles too. So this one was, you wrote for, um, in 2021, you wrote it for Free Range American. Um, it was an article called Unfollowing Hunting Social Media Will Make Hunting Better. Um, and so you, you basically said hunting on social media, um, it not only incentivizes hunting for the wrong reasons, it diminishes draw odds, it crowds public hunting grounds, it makes wildlands uninhabitable, uninhabitable for wildlife, it pays landowners to lock out the public, and it degrades our reputation among non-hunters. Um, and you, you said some interesting things in that article because... I think social media is the one thing that it's probably easier to like 
I don't, I don't think too many. I don't know. Do you feel like you get a lot of people who push back on your stance against like posting dead animals? Oh man. Yeah. If you Is that like, like probably the most controversial thing that you get feedback from? I don't know. I've never thought about it. If it's like, like, what do I, what am I taking the stance on with Hunt Quiley? I'm taking a, me and mine, because there's several of us now. We're taking a stance on R3 because it, it just, we think it just turns like the hunting nonprofits into the advertising arm for the hunting industry. I was really interested to you to see you actually say something about the hunting nonprofits because um, that wasn't, to me right as a new hunter i'm like oh my gosh like this is amazing there's so many new like there's so many nonprofits that are helping hunters get into it but you were saying it um <laughs> you were saying and i wrote i literally wrote all this down um you want to discourage hunting nonprofits from recruiting retaining and reactivating so r3 what you just said um hunters into our severely overcrowded pastime in their quest for dues and hunting industry sponsors and that is literally what nonprofits do right like they're trying to make that money for their nonprofit and they're also obviously trying to work with hunting industry sponsors so that they're not spending that money on those things yeah yeah i, I, did, the, I, did, I don't think that they have the existing hunting community's best interests in mind yeah. Uh, would you say those are just the nonprofits that are that are trying to promote R3 and yeah. not necessarily? Okay. Yeah. But like all the major hunting nonprofits have an R3 effort. Yeah. And wouldn't you say like, I mean, all states at this point and like federal, I mean, R3, like R3 is a kind of, and that's why you were the first person I saw that kind of saying R3 is not going to benefit hunting it's going to like hurt it yeah yeah well i mean i'm not the first person probably to say that i mean there, there, there's just a, the, i guess you were the first person that i had seen okay. share that opinion well okay yeah uh maybe i'm the first person that's been very vocal about it but there's there's all kinds of scientific evidence that that's the case yeah and that and it to me it's it it, it just really erodes my confidence in what the hunting industry and the nonprofits are peddling um when they have taken zero time to understand that literature like they say completely unsupported things constantly like hunting is conservation you know um hunters built this like meaning uh we restored wildlife with over the last hundred years that'd be a hundred years ago wildlife was in dire straits but it, and hunters did play a role but they'll say make these grand statements about all the like conservation benefits of hunting but never will in any way acknowledge the increasing number of peer-reviewed scientific studies that indicate intense hunting pressure is bad for wildlife. I guess, do you, 
and I'm, you know, I'm not coming from a scientific approach. And like, I think the, the science behind conservation in general, like is important, but it's not something I've like heavily studied. Would you say that like the people who are, would argue that it's like, you need hunting to keep like wildlife populations in check. Like, don't you think the states are like, they're only going to give out a certain number of licenses and tags that would like that their population would be able to sustain, right? Like I don't, would a state not, you know, give out more licenses than their population can handle? Uh, yeah, I, I think that that happens all the time. I mean, you could, okay, so w what's the goal of wildlife management? Is it that wildlife populations are essentially at carrying capacity and we harvest just enough that they can stay there because uh i just read a study last week about ptarmigan in alaska in alaska this is a place that, where the human population density is pretty low and around road networks in alaska ptarmigan are way below carrying capacity meaning like if you look at the habitat attributes of the areas of areas near roads and compare the number of of ptarmigan in those areas to similar areas with areas with similar habitat attributes at remove at a distance from roads they'll be far less near the roads so um there's an example um if we're doing such a great job like managing wildlife why is like every everywhere you look it's like draw or uh bag limits are declining you know like for turkeys for example you know um so i i, I just don't think that it's a that it's um a like wildlife management is a perfect instrument. Don't you think, and I think the one thing where I like through your, through your, I guess the things your organization like stands for, I think the one thing I disagreed upon was that like, it, I mean, every state's different, right? Like every state is is, I mean, every state is completely different. Like how y'all's public land on the West Coast is, it's completely different on the East Coast, right? Like I would say bag limits, like at least for deer, like we have six tags. And since, you know, this is my only, my fourth season hunting, but it's been six tags like this entire time. So I, I mean, I guess, and obviously four years isn't a good like example as far as like time. Because I don't know what it was, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. But I guess, like, I mean, would you, and I don't even know. This is kind of an off topic, but I am curious. Like, do you think COVID was a bad thing for hunting? Like, because it, it there we did see an increase in numbers of hunters? A, a couple things. First, first I, I don't, with the hunt quietly thing, I'm not taking a regional stand. I, I, I look, I'm looking at, hunting in north america in in general okay. like with the east coast that's where like turkey populations are plummeting you know mm -hmm. it, it's 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 not like my whole agenda is based around 
concern for sustainable uh, wildlife management. Obviously, that's a, con- a concern. It should be a concern of every hunter. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, I I don't understand how it could you it could these organizations and companies just so full throatedly say we need more hunters for conservation and never discuss all the literature that shows that intense hunting pressure holds wildlife populations below carrying capacity so it, that, that that's the that's the point there i'm also extremely concerned about hunter satisfaction and that's another so so that's another thing that's driving me and with your hunter hunter satisfaction you mean like i mean i mean you mean basically like if you're you're going into the woods for some peace and solitude but you're running into like five other hunters like well not it not just me it's i'm concerned oh, no, i don't mean just you exist, yeah yeah I, i'm concerned with the entire existing hunting community whether somebody's been hunting five minutes or 50 years yeah like I just don't understand how, uh, like a hunting org, like Backcountry Hunters and Anglers or Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, both those, both of those organizations headquarters are in the Bitterroot Valley, mm-hmm. and you go you go to the Bitterroot Valley next weekend opener of rifle season or any weekend thereafter for the next five week weeks, you, you will see thirty forty. I've seen 50 vehicles at trailhead hunters yeah. and, 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 and they look at that and, and, and they say, well, what we need is more when they see 30, like they implicitly, if they're doing R three and they are, they mm-hmm. implicitly wish it was 40. And but I guess like, 50, doesn't that, doesn't that also differ by state? Like you have some states that we're sure you're saying 50 other, you know, hunters or cars in the parking lot but then i think you have a lot of other states where it's like you're not going to run into anyone on public land so i know you're saying like north america hunting in general but i still think like i think there's a big difference and i think you can't just like lump it all into one right oh so every place that's not crowded we should try to make crowded no but like as a new hunter like i don't think it's a good argument to say like well, we're already here and there's no space for everyone else. And is it, I, and I'm going to ask you this, like, is it naive to think that if hunter numbers keep increasing that the state governments and, or federal, right, might be like, hey, like, we're seeing a need for this. Like, here's more land. Or do you just think there's like no more land to give out? Like, that's an honest question that I, I was thinking about. It's like, if you see an increase in numbers, don't you think like, they might be like, hey, like we need more public access for our well, residents. States like Nevada and Arizona, it's like they're like overwhelmingly public land states. 70, 80 percent of the land is 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 public. Mm-hmm. It's still become incredibly hard to draw a tag there. So like it, it, there's just limits to how much how much land uh, could be opened up. And, you know, over my life as 
a hunter. I've never seen land get opened up. I've seen okay. land get developed. Mm-hmm. I've seen land get leased up. I've seen land get bought and mm-hmm. subdivided and sold as exclusive hunting properties. So it's just not like this it, an argument that R3 is going to open up access. I just yeah, think just because of numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was, it was an honest true, question. Then, if it's true, then why hasn't it? Our three is a couple decades old, and I've just watched things get more and more crowded. Yeah, I've watched place places that used to be open to public hunting shut down. It doesn't seem to be working. Mm-hmm. Nor already, the other argument. Say, the example, other argument like, is that is that uh oh we need R three to to like maintain um our our reputation among non-hunters. Well, we just had the latest uh, report about uh, um, on the, the, there's a five year report comes out every five years, national shooting sports foundation, Americans attitudes towards hunting, fishing and the shooting sports. Uh, And there was a statistically significant decline in Americans approval of hunting. So that argument doesn't seem to hold sway for me either. But don't you think part of that could be kind of like people's reaction to gun violence and they associate guns with hunting and like school shootings are up. So people are going to be more, you know, against 2A. So, well, the, the mean, questions are like, okay, maybe, but yeah, there could be some of that. But I mean, the questions are pretty specific. Like, do you support hunting for deer? You know? Yeah. I guess from like an opinion of like, I didn't, I didn't grow up around guns. Like I didn't really grow up around hunting. So I think I could see where this attitude towards, you know, guns, gun violence and like the U S especially in obviously bigger cities. um, I could see how they would just lump like hunting, like into the same, like, okay, well hunting obviously means guns. Right. Like I think that's like a, a assumption I would have made prior to me hunting and even I have family members who now they're like hey like I'm definitely still like not maybe not supportive of 2A but I realize like you need guns to hunt so it makes me take a step back and think like okay well like that's a little different so I just think you know I could definitely see the decline maybe might have something to do with like the gun violence in the U.S. right now yeah that's that's fair But certainly not getting better. No, our our, our our three is definitely not whitewashing our reputation. Yeah, yeah. I guess it. Yeah, it's just tough because I can see where like the good intentions are of it. Um, as as a new hunter, right? Like I, but, and actually, you did say at the end of um. It was actually in a meat eater article in 2021. It was like the case against hunter recruitment. Um, and actually, I, you know, that article you were going off of the 2016 edition of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services Hunter Participation Survey. Um, and that was basically, you know, how many hunters are, are do we have and who's comparing it. Um, that was kind of interesting. You said, um, let friends and family recruit the next generation of hunters. Like that model has worked since the beginning of time. 
And at first I was like, oh, like, I don't know how I feel about that. But then I realized like when COVID happened, I realized like where your food is coming from is extremely important. And my, you know, vegan bullshit of like, you know, tofu and all that stuff, it wasn't realistic because I was like relying on a grocery store. And at, at first I didn't really, I wasn't sure how COVID was going to look. And I didn't like feeling like that someone else was like kind of in control of my food, right? Like I didn't, at that time I wasn't, but I didn't have more, chickens. More, I didn't. But this was, okay. I see, okay. I see what you're saying. Not because of COVID. It's just COVID. Something COVID, was about the, COVID was the first time I, I guess I realized it. Like COVID for me was like, I don't know, especially in our area at first, it was like, you know, go to the, it was just weird. It was like weird going to the grocery store. I wasn't sure what it was going to look like if like they were just, it, it got me like thinking for the first time. And so, and this was, you know, before I started trying to like have a garden and like chickens and stuff. And so like now I'm, that's why I hunt, right? It's like, I, it's a self-sufficient, like I can feed myself. I can feed my family. My freezer is full of different kinds of animals. My freezer is full of fish I've caught or my friends have caught. Like I haven't bought eggs in three years now. Um, and I can't remember the last time I bought red meat, like beef. So it's like I, I'm working towards like a more self-sufficient kind of role. Um, but it was only because of COVID and I, I asked a friend, like I didn't, I looked into my state's resources when I like started to think about hunting and how that could like help me get my own food. And really I didn't, my state had jack shit for, for like new hunters at the time. I found more help in Maryland, which I'm not far from Maryland, um, but they had a way better program where they, they, it was like a, you'd, you, as a new hunter, you'd get set up with a, a very experienced hunter and they would give you like the stand was already there and like they'd help you with your weapon and they teach you how to butcher it. And so like Maryland had a great like new hunter program. Um, but Virginia really like in 2020, they had nothing. Um, and so I reached out to someone I hadn't talked to in years and I was like, hey, like, can you take me? Like, can you just show me? I don't want to kill anything. I just want to watch you do it. And I want to see how you can get meat from an animal. Like that process for me as a 24-year-old was so bizarre. Like how can you see a deer alive and then, you know, two hours later you have steaks. Like that concept to me of like butchering an animal, I was like I need to see it before I can like move further. And like even the judgments I had on hunters like was absolutely bizarre now that I think about it. Because I, again, I didn't, I was just making so many assumptions. And so, you know, your comment of like, let friends and family recruit, it was like, I tried to go to my state. I didn't see anything. So well, you're that's right. not the recruit. Like, I, that's recru like once you're getting trained to learning how to hunt, you're in boot camp. Mm -hmm. the, the, the way it works, like recruit is when the, 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 the army recruiter calls your house. Yeah. Or calls so, do you think phone. do you think the recruit in R three is not for people who are curious about hunting? You think they're just trying to get random like I what I what what I no, I think that when I when I say I'm not against training people to to hunt responsibly that uh, have some somehow developed an interest in hunting. I think the training is missing some 
very important components like keep the dead animals off the computer and don't use hunting as an instrument to draw attention to yourself yeah but uh that isn't hunter recruitment to me hunter recruitment is drawing people's attention to hunting trying to get them to entice them into it okay that makes sense i mean yeah that definitely makes sense i mean there's a big difference between someone who's already interested in hunting rather than someone where it's like not on their radar but do you think the people who don't have hunting on their radar do you think that you could like change their opinion about hunting by showing them it's not like the evil shit that like i feel like hollywood makes it seem like yeah i think that's that's possible to change people's viewpoints on on hunting yeah Uh, I'm not, I, I'm not opposed to like, I wouldn't be opposed to a campaign to, to, uh, like improve our reputation among, and uh, among non-hunters. I wouldn't, that wouldn't be something I oppose, but I don't know how you do that. Without, I was going to say, do you think that's possible? It, yeah, there's like this, there are programs like that, like hug a hunter program in Colorado um, is a program that's geared towards like trying to um, yeah uh, shift people's think non hunters thinking about hunting you know okay so I do you think the the main do you think a lot of the negativity from non hunters is is coming from social media and like the hunting like tv and because because you, you're know, right i don't like, know i don't know a lot of non-hunter or, or, or i don't know a lot of people that are negative about hunting i know a ton of non-hunters mm -hmm. like i have a lot of friends most probably the majority of my friends don't hunt really? but uh but i i don't i don't know very many people that are anti-hunting so i don't i don't know where where they're where that comes from but it's just not my concern like my my people tend to think that i'm that my concerns are born out of uh a feeling of threat from anti-hunters like that that's what's motivating me oh but it's not not at all mm -hmm. I, I think of that as like a minor threat you think well and i think from reading some of your stuff you think the biggest threat to hunting is hunters ourselves right I, well okay here's the what the what's threatened hunting what threatens hunting for most people is lack of access inability to get a tag and crowding that's what i think the big threats are yeah that's fair i would say like the inability to get a tag is not something i am like familiar with um 
but I do feel very fortunate to live in a state where we have tons of public land, a ton of federal land. And it's like, I don't have any tags that are like a lottery. Like I just buy my tags. Right. And so it's like, and I, I guess the only lottery I've done for Virginia is on like certain places for public land where it's like they only allow maybe a handful of hunters. Um, and then also they opened up elk last year. Like they reintroduced elk into the area. And so five tags get allotted for that each year now. So what do you think about like in a place where like here you can hunt every year without drawing a tag. You can buy over the counter tags and hunt. Mm. But see, to me, it's, it's, it's like, uh, let's say you're somebody that has been hunting antelope your whole life and you live in Montana and it's become, so I hunt for antelope with a bow. So this doesn't pertain to me. Uh, because it's easy to draw an archery tag for antelope. But when I moved here 20 years ago, you could easily get an antelope tag. Now it's it's every three or four years. Oh, wow. And, and I just feel bad for people that the hunting orgs and the hunting celebrities wish it was every five or seven. And they want, and they want, they want you to wait longer because or they don't, they're not concerned that you have to wait longer. What they're concerned about is making money. Do you just, think that it's changes? not like you're doing it like, oh, I, I won't, we won't be able to hunt antelope much, much, but we got, you know, but we're so concerned about the antis and hunting is conservation. So we need to bring people more, more people in. No, they're trying to make it so the existing hunting community has less opportunity, less chances to hunt so that they can make more money. So I, 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 I'm, I'm curious, do you think Wait, that that's that fair? More money? It, Cause you, you have the more hunters you have, the more okay. dues paying members you have and the more guns and camo clothes you sell. Okay. And that's why I, I was going to ask, are is it going from like, you know, for example, is it going from every year to like every three years or five? Um, is that because of, would you say that's the decline of antelope or would you say that's because of an increase in hunters? It's in, in it's in, in numbers of antelope are pretty good right now. It's, it's increase in hunters. Like okay. if you, if you, uh, this is something that we did a while back. We, we graphed the number of google trend searches for major hunting shows mm -hmm. against the decline in draw odds in western states and they fought over from 2016 to present and those lines mirror each other almost perfectly really that's pretty i mean yeah that's pretty interesting and these shows aren't doing it to share the love like i know hunting celebrities well, and, and it, it, I didn't want to, like, the I elephant in the room. Celebrities <laughs> that I know are among the people that hate hunt, crowded, hunting in a crowded place. Yeah. More than anyone. 
So they're not doing they're not increasing crowding because they're trying to share the love or they're concerned about conservation or concerned about anti-hunters. It's an, it's a it's an unintended t- by their by their lights by their from their perspective it's an unintended negative consequence of what they have to do to make money yeah well and i feel like a lot of people say that for example like the hunting public they're like the, it started to ruin public land because like you know they're only coming in these places like once or twice um they're filming it they're you know harvesting a, you know a nice animal and then they're leaving and it's like all the local people you know they can tell like people are now coming to that to that you know public land and like the increased pressure um yeah you'll you'll see comments like if i like okay so what i'd say about that is i think that's rude now you'll get comments like you'll see comments through your your platform now that it's public land this guy's selfish it's public land i have seen that yeah because sometimes and and i it's hard but, but sometimes me, I, me, I read me, your opinions I, I haven't and I'm made like, the point that they're going to say that about yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so like I haven't made the point. Make so the, the point. point the point is um there's a lot of rules about filming on public land. You can't even do it in a wilderness area. So, and I know the only, the only times I know I've found that is uh, when I'm hunting federal land, which I do hunt a lot of federal land because with a bow, it's just, I swear, it's like I run into nobody. It's non-pressured. It's like, I almost don't want to say it on here, but like, it's almost like people don't know that there's not just public land, but like there's federal land, which I think is like, even it's like the bread and butter if you want to. It just Wait, unpressured. You don't, why why don't you want to why are you reluctant to say that? Um, because I know people from my area listen um to this and oh it, it's oh it's, wait, are you trying to are you trying well and I will say it's it's are you only, trying to so. prevent it from getting more crowded? No, not necessarily, but it's bow only, and you don't really find that. So if like you don't find that what, really why ever. are you reluctant to why were you reluctant to sit, point out that you can hunt federal land bow only? I can only think of one reason why that is. I think, like, if... I get what you're saying. <laughs> no, so I don't... What, but it's the same it, reason it, that... It, well, and, and to be fair, to be fair, the first couple of years I had this Instagram account... I would stupidly, I would post where I was hunting and not from like a, hey, like you're telling people like where public land is because that's like a state resource. Anyone can Google it and find public land in your state. But it was more from a safety point of like people follow me. They see that I'm at this public land and now they're trying to like, you know, like from as a, as a female who's hunting alone, like. You don't necessarily want to be like, "Hey, I'm at this coffee shop right now." I I don't know if you can, you can't relate to that because like you you're you're a man, but like I oh just that just does another, not seem like a good way. Thing. It does not seem like a good way to <laughs> to remain safe is to hope that somebody notices that you posted that you were going to be. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is like you shouldn't be just sharing spot. your location. Wait, 
do you get what I'm saying? Like, at, like you shouldn't be sharing your location. Like, that's what I'm saying from a safety standpoint. You should. Oh, be- I thought you were saying you were telling people where you were going to be on no. social media so they'd come check on you if you didn't no. come to home. Yeah, okay. it was like sometimes I would just post like, oh, I'm at, you know, I'm at this public land today and this is how many does I saw or like this is what my hunt went like. And then I started to because people messaged me and they were like, hey, like you might want to be a little bit more careful. Like you're literally telling people where you're at. Like that's a little sketchy. From a safety so, standpoint. From a safety standpoint. Yeah, because I I think because, again, you can Google it. Like if I say federal bow, bow only hunting, like you could Google it and find where I'm hunting. So it's not necessarily like, also, you know, I get what you're saying. It's like, you don't want overcrowding. You don't want to like share your spots. But I just think like, and obviously when I started hunting, like I didn't own land. My family didn't own land. I didn't really know how to like get permission. I definitely can't afford to lease land. Um, So public and federal land was like how I really got into hunting and like mobile hunting, right? So for me, it's hard for me to like gatekeep any of that. Who's gatekeeping? I'm certainly not. No, I'm not saying you're gatekeeping. I'm well, just saying- that, that's like what people do to me all the time. Oh, you think? Okay, yeah, they, so people assume put, that you're gatekeeping like, because like that, you, that that's what that's just and like that's where comment. I have some people, people call can't you argue. I guess because people can't argue against my real points, so they so think they have to make they have to falsely. What's that? They think you're being selfish, and they think you're gatekeeping. Like I feel like I've seen those comments about you. Um, basically, yeah, but that they don't think that they, 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 what they like to do is they make, like to make a stick figure version of me and then argue against that, that, that in this like cartoon version of me has beliefs that I don't hold. And then they argue against those beliefs. Okay. That's fair. Of, Honestly, I feel I that. Think I think it's very unfair. Yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 I relate to that because I think that happens a lot to me. Um, I feel like people see that I'm hunting and then they make all of these other assumptions and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I literally don't believe that. I never said that. You saw me in camo and you made, you, you jumped to the rest of your conclusions. And so, um, I understand where you're coming from. I get that. Um, but I think where I was going, I didn't, and I wasn't saying you're gatekeeping, but I, I guess where I was going with that is it's hard for me to gatekeep because I know hunting literally changed my life. What like do you mean changed- by, what, what do you mean by gatekeep? What would be something that one would do if they were gatekeeping? Um, I, I mean, would you say it's gatekeeping to like not... I don't know. I guess that's kind of a good point. I was going to say, would you say it's gatekeeping to like not help other people by like explaining where public land is and like how it's like how easy it is to hunt it? Like, I'm not like, where am I going to? I guess I've just had people like hypothetical. I've, but I've honestly, I've never been in a, like, what? Okay. So if somebody comes up to me and says, what's this thing called public land? And I, and in order for me to be a gatekeeper, I'd have to say, I'm not going to tell you. 
if that's what makes somebody a gatekeeper, then I don't think there's much gatekeeping going But do you on. think me not saying like what public land and federal land I'm hunting is gatekeeping? Like, do you think that's gatekeeping? Like me not sharing? Um, <laughs> I don't know. If it is, then we're, every hunter is a gatekeeper. Yeah. And I guess that's, well, I mean, yeah. The, 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 the difference is that some hunters, all hunters keep their spot secret. Nobody's like, nobody's like telling everybody where they're going to go. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I feel like if people ask me, like I do tell them, but I'm not going to tell them like where I'm parking and like where I've seen deer or like where I've seen success. Like you can figure that out. Like just like I did or not right. did. I'm not the best hunter. So like, I don't know, but like, you know, I learn a lot from my mistakes um, that's, well, that's acceptable. Not telling people where your tree stand is, yeah, is acceptable. Well, yeah, but writing an article, the most underrated states for blah blah blah. Ooh, that so that that that's not. Do you have a problem nothing, with that? Nothing wrong with that, right? Or bringing in people. So, like, wait, was that sarcasm? Yeah. Okay. Well, they're, 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 those articles are a, di a dime a dozen. Yeah. Well, I feel, how do you, wait, can I ask you something? How do you feel about, um, like non-resident hunting? Like, how do you feel about people who travel all, all over the U S and hunt in different States? Like, are you, are you fine with that? Are you against as long it? As they're not killing more than they can eat. Yeah. Which most of these people, a lot of these people that are going from state to state to state are absolute gluttons that kill 20 big game animals a year. And I think yeah. that's disgusting and should be illegal, but. Okay. And I think that's fair. Um, um, it's the same people who travel state to state to state and they're, they're hunting like high fence or they're going with a guide, but they're acting like they're not. I have a problem with that. Misrepresenting the situation. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, if it was up to me, like. Well, if it was up to me, there'd be no dead animals on the computer. But my fallback position would be like, tell me how much it cost you. Yeah, that's emb it's embarrassing, I think. But I would rather be unsuccessful on public land or private land on my own than ever pay to shoot an animal that's basically, I mean, cattle. Agreed. Agreed, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's like, that's what hunting social media is. It's people gloating it. about what they shot, but not saying a damn, they'll tell you like how the yardage, they'll tell you shit like the yardage. Yeah. Like, oh wait, uh, how about whether or not I could go there and hunt? For less than fifteen grand, I'd way rather way know. I'd rather way rather know that than the yardage. Yeah. Or the or the score, what it scored. I've it's only like, shot one buck, and I didn't score him. And everyone kept asking me if I was going to, and I, I was just like, I don't understand the point. Is it that dude behind you? It is. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably like ninety inches. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's not big. It was my uh, it was an eight point on that was like my first public land harvest. It was opening day, so that was my first archery season. So, um, I got him mounted, but uh, but yeah, I I probably won't ever score a buck to be honest. Like I just don't, I really don't get the the point. Um, but I do want to. <laughs> I don't know how much time we're already. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more on the social media side of things. I, and I know you feel the same way about like hunting TV, but I personally, I don't really watch it. So I don't have too many examples to like go off of, but I am on social media. So like, I do want to talk about it. Um, you had a quote from that same article in, um, free range American, he said, top hunting influencers like to call themselves conservationists, but the fact of the matter is influencers are terrible for habitat. Most influencers don't have to hunt the places they've blown up because they largely hunt private land, take expensive trips to remote hunting destinations, and enter pricey limited tag lotteries throughout the U.S. and beyond. He went on to say, if I was a non-hunter doing a quick scan of hunting social media, my gut response would be out of shock. It's a cornucopia of carcasses with zero explanation of what they plan to do with all of that meat. I, you know, that first quote, we kind of just covered um, all people who are doing all these things um, and not, you know, telling you how much they spent or anything like that. Um, but the, the last the part, pros there, man, the pros. Yeah. Like, I, I haven't read, I haven't read that since I wrote it, but the pros is just like striking don't you think yeah for sure <laughs> um i mean i don't i don't disagree i wasn't, with you. I wasn't expecting you to so readily agree but i i don't that's what i'm saying like i don't now i after this interview like i don't i'm i mean i'm not sure i'm gonna ever you know stop posting pictures of animals but i wanted to talk about the last part because this is something well, I are you I, saying you're considering it no, but I want to tell you why. But I would. Do you want to talk about the last part? Where I don't you think said, there's a chance in hell you're going to stop. No, I. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to because, because I. Because you're getting so much out of it. No, you know why? Because I have the background of knowing like how I used to feel about hunting and how I used about see I, how I used to feel about seeing those pictures, and now to literally like I. I know what those pictures like mean to me. I, and I, I think, and I, you kind of wrote it in that article. You said you would ask some influencers or people on hunting social media, like why they do it. And you said a couple of the people said, um, you know, they're showing it to honor the animal. And you said, as much as I want to believe their motives are pure, all I hear is to honor my abilities. They're honoring themselves, not the animal. And that did make me stop for a second. I was like, oh, like, I could see how you're, like, how you might think that, right? Like, or how, like, that might come off of. However, like, back to the meat thing, I just, I don't know. And I don't know. It's tough, man. Because I do, I, I'm such a, like, in the middle about everything. Like, I can play devil's advocate for everything, politics, whatever you name it, I can find, you know, both sides of, of, I can, I just see everyone's opinion all the time and it's why my mind's always a clusterfuck. But I think what I'm trying to say is like, I can see how, yes, there are some people on social media 
And honestly, some of my friends who like, I don't necessarily agree with what they're posting. I think it's disrespectful to the animal. I think it doesn't promote anything good for hunting. Um, I personally would never do it, but if that's what you want to do, like not my qualms, it's not my, it's not my shit. Like, right. Like I stay in my own lane. Like I genuinely just try to do what I'm doing and focus on myself and my energy. However, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I coming from a non-hunting background and you, you know, having all of those negative opinions about hunting and seeing dead animals to now, when I look at my Instagram, like you and I might, we might, we do not see the same things, right? Because like what I see is, is literally all the times, like just so frustrated, just trying to learn, like trying to be successful and not successful for my Instagram, not successful for like the fucking followers, like or anything like that. But for myself, like literally. Well, then why you have followers? I don't fucking know, you- man. I don't know. When I made the well, like, account, that, that, I didn't I mean, know why I had 10. I didn't know why I had 50. No, I didn't I'm saying, know why. Why do you bother having followers? Why don't you make a private account? You, you know why? Like, because when I literally, after that first day of hunting with my friend, and you know, no offense, like you and I, there's an age difference, right? Like I had social media probably in like high school like this so, so hunting social me, media bullshit has been going on for a dozen years hunting tv's been around for 45 listen, years i'm proposing something fresh you're the one living this, in the past okay <laughs> that's fine but listen what i'm saying is after that first day of hunting i literally went home and i did some google searches but then i went to like i literally went to instagram and i was like there's got to be some account that it's not some, you know, it's not people teaching others how to hunt. And they started as, you know, when they were kids with their family, I was like, there's gotta be some adults who started and like, they're trying to help others, like get into it and show people that it can be done. So that's why I'm not making my account private. I don't care how many times I make myself look stupid. I don't care how many times I'm sobbing on social media because something happened or didn't go right. Like there's a lot of guilt, like you said in the article with hunting, that nobody ever wants to fucking share. People wound an animal, people miss on an animal, and they don't share it. And I think that's fucked up, and I don't like that part of social media well, when it comes to hunting. Well, if you put it out there, it's fucked up too because then you're – you're risking I the future saw of that as well, but don't you think it's kind of crucial for new hunters to see that, hey, these are like realistic and just teach it in an educational way, not like a, hey, I took a really shitty shot on a deer. Like, how funny is this video? More of like a, hey, like these are the realities. Like you can practice and practice at home, but until you're in a stand shaking with a deer in front of you with a bow, you don't know what's actually going to happen. And like I the other, I don't think there's any value in sharing any of it. So I don't know. I, I, mean, I like, think there is. I, and I guess that's time, why I'm not going to stop. It, like, every, I think every there time is value. in the last 12 years I've wounded something, I should have put it on social media. I don't know. Is it? It'd be like, that'd is be it like educational? Or eight times. But is it educational? Like coming it, from someone like it. you? I don't think any of it's educational. But don't if, you? I, I think like. Like none of it. You you never learned anything about hunting on social media. No, I don't even. And I guess that's where, where, like, I totally disagree. Like, I feel like literally you, it doesn't matter if I run into someone on public land. It doesn't matter if I am scrolling on social media. Like, everyone has something to share. 
whether I, especially when it comes to hunting, I don't care if you've been hunting your whole life. Like I still think you're a rookie hunter, like, because you have something to learn. I think if you think you're not learning, then your ego so is many like literally to learn about hunting than looking at Instagram. I any moment that you're you, looking at, um, however, any you're looking I, at Instagram is the minute you could be shooting your bow or hanging out in the woods where the real learning takes place. A hundred percent. But what is literally just my experiences, right? Like you're saying, like what go you, go out and hunt in the woods. People? What do you what are you teaching people? I will say I am I that's kind of why I don't post anymore because like I don't know how to be educational. Like I think running an account is way of it's literally a full time job. I hey, don't want to do you said it. You're going to you are continuing to post. Which are you not continuing to post or are you continue? I to post, post maybe like once a month, if that. Also, I have a question. Like you kind of have a good amount of followers too. So like at what point are you not like a hunting? Read the like, first read, read, read the first article. Read the first paragraph of the article, please. Read the first paragraph. You want me to of the, of the of the read the first paragraph of the article. Here's another the false free range, attribution. Free range American from the editors or mm -mm. from you. From me. Let me pull it up. Uh, no, please read it aloud. Yeah, no, I'm, I I don't have your full article. I I pulled the like quotes I wanted to touch on. Oh, okay. Because again, can... like I don't disagree with you, like on a lot of this. Well, but let's I... no, let's not move on from your point. Your point was, well, what are you doing? You're doing just what you say other people shouldn't be doing. Da, 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 da. I don't know. I'm just saying. At, at what point? Like, are you? I just feel like you grew every. Let's, let me let me talk. No... There's Let no me talk. Sense in going further until we look Same at thing earlier when I said I feel like you lump all the states in together when I really feel like you're talking about Montana. I think you're lumping in all the influencers and like because you think someone with an account like is an influencer. I think you're lumping like everyone in where I feel like some accounts are so educational and I love following them. And they do have I a do good not, amount of followers. I, I am very resistant to this idea. I know I could tell you any uh, what's going on in hunting, not only in probably every, in, definitely in every region of the U.S. I could also tell you things that are going on in Canada. I, like again, Americans can't you, go like, there anymore to Saskatchewan and hunt ducks unless they draw a tag, for example, as of last year. I could tell you what's happened to in Colorado, I can tell you what's happened in Louisiana in the last few years in terms of bag limits, draw odds. I could tell you what's happened in 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 uh, all the other southeastern states, Missouri, uh, Alabama, Florida, in terms of draw odds. I don't have a Montana-like centric perspective on this. The people I'm working with, none of them live in Montana. Not one. Um, so I, I, I definitely lump all influencers together, but I don't like take my view of what's happening in Montana and from a hunting standpoint and superimpose it on the rest of the country. So, but this idea that like, I'm doing the very thing I'm criticizing, um, is something like that uh people say a lot and it's just not true but couldn't here's, i turn around and say the my same? Earliest, like, it's i'm not it's not true earliest, here's my 
earliest public utterance. Let's hear about, it, Matt. About hunting social media. Over the past decade, hunters have increasingly publicized pictures and videos of their kills to large audiences on social media. This monumental change in hunting norms occurred gradually and with little thought for its consequences. These consequences are overwhelmingly negative. And here's the important part. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for sharing photos of harvested game with friends and family. I strongly support individuals and organization, organizations that use social media to cover issues of importance to the hunting community. And that's what I'm doing. I'm not mm -hmm. gripping, Grin. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying no, to use carcasses to to make money and get and I, likes. I'm not saying you are. That. Um. I'm I guess what I'm saying media. is to draw attention to issues that are relevant to the hunting community. Like I, I said know, in my at, article. At what point, like, if you're at, like, 100,000 followers, like... Oh, then I would be... Would you not call yourself a hunting influencer? No. A hunting influencer is somebody that uses dead and dying wildlife to draw attention to themselves, make money, and get free stuff. Okay, question. So, if we're not talking about, like, grip and grinning, right? Like, say I harvest an animal... And I'm not posting that initial picture, but I'm posting it butchered, right? Like you're in the butchering process. Like, is that, are you okay with that? Like, cause I feel like that's exactly where I think social media can be like educational. No, I, I, I think that the, I oppose that too. Like when I say oppose things, I'm not trying to pass any laws. I'm just trying to get hunters to behave in their own best interest i think it's that's the same kind of hey look at me aren't i resourceful don't you wish you were like a backwoodsy old-timey resourceful person like me it's the same kind of bragging it's it's that's it's enough just another and look what a great cook i am you know it, it's, I guess it's I just still, like, it still I, incentivizes hunting for shitty reasons I don't know. I feel like there's a ton of quote unquote like hunting influencers where you you go to their page and you like you'd say like 80% of it is like cooking. It's like they're like this is why I'm hunting like because this is food to me. So yeah, it's like, but I don't think they're doing that because out of a out of like a sense of urgency that they explain to society that they shoot stuff and eat it because because they're trying to save uh, the reputation of, of hunting. I don't think that's why they're doing it. But I, who are you to say what they're like, they're doing it? For? I guess that's my problem. Like, who are you to who like, to say, say, that, who I to say like that people are doing it? For, yeah. Like, who, am I to, who am I to have an opinion? Yeah. Doesn't everybody have opinions? No, but you're again, you're like, you're lumping everyone into like that. You're picturing that everyone has like just a giant ego. Uh, everybody, the, uh, everybody that's showing strangers their hunting life on social media has a giant ego. Yeah. I guess I just, I, it, there are literally like, people that come to mind where I'm like, yes, like I would say this person, you can tell, like they're not doing it for the right reasons. 
but with that one person, I still think there's like, you know, there's other people who aren't, I guess, I guess I just don't, that's where I like, I agree with you up until a point of like, I don't agree with you because I think not everyone is just trying to like sell themselves. I think some people are genuinely trying to like sell hunting, but not in like a negative manner. Like the only reason I have this account still, because like, again, I hate, so like I hate dealing with it is because I know hunting changed my life. And like the amount of messages I get from people that are like, Hey, like I didn't grow up hunting. I didn't, I didn't even know what that looked like. Thank you for literally being genuine. Like, thank you for making like the posts that you do. Like now I'm, I'm getting into it. Like I'm trying it. And maybe that's not what you, again, you don't want, you know, you don't well, want the, the you, numbers. You don't want to buy your spot. I, I mean, gladly you, take people. Like I've literally you didn't taken want, people. You didn't want to say, you didn't I'm not going to say it on here. No, I'm not going to say it on the podcast. Absolutely not. But if, when people message me directly and when they talk to me in real life, absolutely, I tell them like where I hunt. And also, like I once again am fucking. If blessed. I message you, you tell me you you tell you'd send me a waypoint. I'll send you my on X pins, Matt. Okay, like I don't I don't give a fuck because also I think as a good hunter. And once again, I'm so fortunate to live in Virginia where there's just so much public land. There's so much federal land. Um, if I go to a fucking parking lot and it's crowded, you know what? I have so many backup spots. I'm fine with that. That does not bother me one bit. Um, so I want to yeah, help people like... I want to help people, like, if this truly is something that I want to do, I want to help them, like, do it as long as they're doing it for the right reason. Right? Like, I want to help them figure it out and, like, learn it. I will gladly, like, help someone else kind of change their lifestyle. Like, I was able to change mine. Like, I have no problem with that. So, are you doing hunting, hunting mentorship? Um, not through, like, the state or anything. And BHA just uh, kind of something in Maryland. Than, don't you think they'd be more effective than like bathing shoot suit shots of yourself on Instagram? Um first of all, I do a really good job at like not filling my Instagram full of that. Um you there's 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 your rookie hunting Instagram has yeah, for bathing sure. shots. Bathing. So, am I selling anything in that? Nothing to do with hunting. And then they have bathing. Then they have. Then it has bathing suit shots that have you holding dead stuff. I I think that instead of that, why not just go like do hunting mentorship through through what through my state like through if, if, once again i just what said like, what i'm getting what i'm getting from you is that the the the, the intent behind this social media presence and also for everyone listening like he definitely people. just scrolled past like a bunch of other shit right like What's you're ignoring doing? you're ignoring like the cooking videos where i'm like hey buffle heads people shoot them for fun but like you can actually fucking eat them and they taste great like i i just think it's a little I get what you're saying. Like people are. I don't understand. I I still. I'd love to hear you say in like as few words possible what what the what the intent of your Instagram is. 
to show people that it is possible to not grow up in the outdoors and for it to truly like change how you eat, change how you consume like consumerism in general. Like when I say it's changed everything, like I truly mean it's changed everything. But yeah, I'm still a 27-year-old female and if I'm having a good summer fishing, like yeah, I'm going to I'm going to post a picture in a bikini. Yeah, that's Sue me. <laughs> I, I just it's just so easy to like hide bragging and uh drawing attention to yourself under a veneer of like education and storytelling and i think it's just wild that you think like existing for some people is like bragging though i think that's where like you literally putting stuff like drawing ego into it i just think it's like i think it's an older mentality i genuinely think no no this has been going on no let me let me finish because i've let you talk your your mentality is old No, I feel like my generation, the difference between me and you is like if I'm trying to learn something, like I go to social media. Genuinely, like, and you think that's dumb, that's fine. Like you're, I don't know what year you were born in. That's totally fine. Any lessons on your social media? I don't see show me one that's a lesson. I again though, I literally did say like the educationing part is hard, and that's why I haven't been posting a lot. I've said that on multiple podcasts, like for years now, it's like, wow, like I didn't know how hard it was to be like educational on social media. A lot of my older TikTok videos, like I'm explaining people to like literally in an educational format and just was getting shat upon, not by non-hunters, but by like hunters. You can keep scrolling. I just don't see any lessons on here. I just caught my first brook trout. Um, uh, when you need another weekend from your weekend as you fishing, I didn't learn anything there. Um, I, like post after you, post, you, I'm not learning. I, I totally anything. like. I get it. I I, so, I get what like, you're saying, but again, like I'm not the only person on social media. I never said once, like, rookie hunting, you're going to learn how to hunt. I'm just going to show you what I what I fuck up on and what I've able been able to do. But you lumping everyone into one thing of, like, you, I just think it's, it's not really, like, again, who are you to think that everyone just has a giant ego? There's people that are doing it for the right reasons, and there's people that are doing it for the wrong reasons. And who like, are you to say that, hard who are you to, to say that some people are doing it for talking. the right, right, right reasons? It's also really hard in just a caption to explain like why you're doing something and like how you're doing it. I think that's also a really hard thing I realize. It's so much easier to write a blog. Like listening to you sometimes is really hard, but then I read your articles and I'm like, okay, like this makes sense. Like I agree with this. Same thing. But I feel like we did cover a lot. And that's kind of like, I, again, I don't disagree with you for a lot of things. But I think, I think well, it's hard to agree do. with everything. If you, if you, if you think that uh, the existing hunting community would benefit from more hunters, do you think that? 
that that that's that that's what the existing what's best for the existing community hunting community is more hunters i think it's hard to tell people that they aren't like welcome yeah i do too i agree with you there but that wasn't the question i would never tell somebody that they're not welcome but i think that's kind of like what your opinion comes off as sometimes no my opinion is let's stop uh recruiting hunters so that you can make more money we did kind of cover that in the beginning of the episode that there's a difference between like recruitment and then putting it in people's faces and i so i did kind of agree with you on that do i think it's not helpful to the current i don't know i think that's a tough one really yeah because if i say if i say it's not conducive to the current hunters and i just i guess i put too much trust in like our state regulations like i believe if more hunters are coming to virginia i truly think that our state is gonna give out less licenses and if they give out less licenses or it less seems tag, like you have a really virginia centric perspective it seems like you have a very virginia pers specific perspective what about other states where people used to be able to like, uh, go on some particular hunt on a fairly regular basis, and now they can't. Is that the know. best thing for them is more hunters? Is it, the, not, best thing for, is it the best thing for them? No, it's, personally them, no. But I don't, again, I don't think we're thinking about the individual. I think we should be like, yeah so if that is the result of new hunters then unfortunately yeah i guess i'm in support of new hunters affecting current hunters you mean like okay so you're saying you do want existing hunters to be negatively impacted by new hunters i guess if that's a negative consequence then i would say my stance is yes okay all right, so there's one there area where we disagree. You said we agree at, agree on a lot, but, but I'm, I'm wondering I not say like I don't. I just don't think an answer is like yes or no. Like I just think I I get where you're coming from. Like that makes sense to me. Like and no, like you're right. They're not thinking about the negative consequences of hunters. Like that's that's not good. You're bringing up good points. And also, I, I do like I do respect your opinion from like the ecologist standpoint. Like I did not I don't like I did not go to school for this. Like I do not do this for work. I don't do this for a living. Like, would you say you're a, you I mean, you kind of have like the science, like you have the professional background where like you're stud, right? Is that what you do for the federal government or no? Yeah, I'm a re I'm a I'm a I'm a research ecologist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't see where we agree, but I'm glad I, I, I'm glad you see some it's areas. Like, I, well, let me, okay. Let me, you know, before I get off here, I agree with you and it's until a certain point, like with the hunting, that whole article again, like you said, which one thing I fucking hate is when people are hunting on um, high fence and then they're acting like they did it on their own and on public land or they're acting like they didn't just pay for that animal, right? 
don't like the dishonesty that comes with social media. So many people wound animals or they don't find them. You never see them post about that. You did say, but if they post about it, that's also a negative thing. But I think for like new hunters, it's important to show like the realistic things that can happen. I don't think that makes you a shitty hunter. I think that is just the shit that can happen. And if you're not telling everybody that and you're just posting your perfect shots and your perfect shots and your perfect shots, I think that's dangerous. I don't think that's good for hunting. I would rather see, I would rather you be honest about you wounding an animal and not finding it and you being remorseful and you knowing what you did wrong and then sharing it with people than you, you being silent about it. And I know people who have done it because they've told me that this happened and then I never saw them post about it. That makes me uncomfortable. I hate that. But Am I, I going to tell I'm, people to stop posting dead animals? Like, no, I'm not. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. I'm just saying it's terrible for hunting. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. I'm just saying that it's brag. It's all it is is bragging and trying to make money and get free gear and draw attention to yourself. And it's eroding the integrity of hunting, you know, and like, and there's a lot of cultures like, historically uh hunter gatherer societies completely agree with me native americans eskimos I saw, I saw that article as well so um yeah i mean it's, it's like it's a false choice to me like when i shoot when i wound something to show it or not it's like just don't show any of it don't show it when it goes right don't brag about it when it goes right don't don't uh, compromise my future rights to hunt when it goes wrong by putting controversial stuff on there. I guess you did say you were like hunting social media has been around since forever. Well, not forever, 12 years. 12 years. I mean, have you have you actually seen it have an effect on your hunting rights? Uh yeah, I believe that it has a tremendous negative effect. It anti hunting TV. And I mean, the, the, and, and the hunting industry agrees with me. So, hunting social media is used to advertise leasing. Yeah. It's used to sell hunting property. So, like, hunting social media, like hunting TV, are instruments for taking a resource that belongs to all the people and privatizing it i do a question for you um you know if i'm not educational totally fine um however to address like your last name your brother like and meat eater is one of the biggest i would say hunting media conglomerates right like and i've learned a lot from meat eater so like how, i mean how do you feel about that like i i just didn't, i don't know it's like it's, i can't if, if people need all this media to learn how to hunt then i guess that there's some there's some fringe benefits to it i didn't i've never i've i i I didn't ever learn. When did you start hunting? Like, how old were you? Like, do you get what year was it? Like, I just think there's a difference. I think there's a difference. And I, I'm not, I'm a millennial. Between like, what and what? 
the the day and age we're in. Like I just think like it's, people are incapable of learning now. I think YouTube? the easiest way, yeah, literally, I feel like the easiest way for people to learn these days, like, is to go to YouTube. Is to go, I think like, the best way to learn is to go hunting. For sure, but how the fuck are you supposed to do that if you don't know how to do it? I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, people just don't know how to do it. Um, and if you're I'm saying go hunting, I'm not trying to grow the hunting community, so it's not, it's just not my concern. And if I, you're I, saying just go out and hunt, like, and then it's actually affecting people on public land because then people are going to be going out and not knowing pub public land etiquette. They're not going to know actually like how to start, oh, yeah, where to start, so much, how to do it so right. Much of that you get so much of that from the YouTubers. <laughs> Absolutely. And I guess, like, yeah, I it's just different. Like, you grew up with I a hunting family. I don't see people family. going, oh, I, what's that? I said you I grew up. I do not see people teaching etiquette on YouTube. I see people gloating about the big thing they killed. I don't know. I guess agree and trying to disagree. To sell products. Yeah, agree to disagree. And I think, you know, again, the whole selling products, like, I don't know. I think you can still show people what you're doing and then also be like, hey, this company sent me this product. Like, who are you to say no to something that's free? I'm, 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 I think it's repulsive to use dead wildlife to sell as advertising instruments. So they, uh, I, just, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do it for I think sure. I think it's like they're saying there's a right way and a wrong way to commit homicide in my viewpoint. I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a right way and a wrong way to portray hunting, and it's just not by like showing strangers like you like gloating over a carcass with like gear tag hash gear hashtags underneath. If I would have known that this was what hunting was going to become, I would have chosen something else. I think it's not too late. Awesome. Yeah. No, not. it is too late. It is too late. It's in my blood, man. Like I hunt like 60 days a year. Mm -hmm. Like it is too late. Um, I think people that don't enjoy it enough to do it without the likes, I think it's not too late for them to go find something else. Like get into athletics or something where there's people like in the audience clapping for you real time. If you need that kind of like if you just need constant accolades like that, or like just it, as a Compared to somebody liking your post, if you're in a stadium, I got and there's people clapping for you. I got to think that that's way better. And I think this whole hunting social media thing is just like it's for people that their parents didn't clap enough for them when they were growing up, like when they were getting potty trained and stuff like that. So now they got to like, like they got to fill that hole by having people like their post. You know, it's it's just like that kind of level of again. Like, I feel like you hate when people make assumptions about like, you, and I feel like again you're just lumping like the bad apples with all of the fucking rest of the apples, I guess. But Matt, Doctor Rinella, I had a actually I did I had a good conversation with you. Again, you're a lifelong hunter. You're a research ecologist. Um, you've been podcasting for longer than I have, and so genuinely, like I respect you for coming on here and i respect you for for you know having a good conversation with me i think this was i think this was good i don't think this was a bad um conversation i think again people 
I don't know. I think people are so afraid to talk with people who don't have the same opinions or who, you know, disagree with their beliefs. I feel like people are are just constantly getting more and more closed-minded. So this wasn't a conversation I was going to like shy away from. I was really excited to actually like talk with you and, and learn and, and get to understand your like actual, your, your Hunt Quietly's mission and um, understand it a little bit more. So I think with that, I appreciate you coming on. Do you have anything else to add? Do you want people to, um, it's huntquietly.org, right? Uh, you can, there's, we have a website where we're in the process of, uh, revamping it. So there's not much to learn there, but you, you, uh, you can find the hunt quietly podcast, um, on all the major podcast players. We have, uh, the hunt quietly Instagram. We have a, a hunt quietly subreddit. Yeah. If you're somebody that doesn't think that this like, Hey, look at me um braggadocious like approach to um hunting is where we need to be then yeah look look us up otherwise you know stick with the influencers for sure and you can find me at at rookie underscore hunting and at the onset podcast thanks again for coming on here all right good night when i'm with you